This episode of the No Laying Up Podcast is brought to you by the best-selling driver of 2017, the great Big Bertha Epic Driver from Callaway Golf. Between club reviews, industry awards, tour pros, and golfers like myself and you, it seems like people cannot stop raving about the Epic Driver and the massive ball speed gains they are experiencing with the jailbreak technology. Even tour pros who aren't under contract with Callaway are using it. And there's a reason why Epic is the best-selling driver by a landslide in 2017. Do yourself a favor and your golf game a favor and get fit and experience Epic for yourself today. Players Championship Week, one of the biggest weeks of the entire season on the PGA Tour. Only place you can catch the live action on Thursday and Friday mornings is PGA Tour Live. $39.99 annually or $5.99 monthly deal. Log on to PGA Tour Live today and subscribe. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, coming at you live from the blog cabin. Uh, this episode's going to be a little different. We had Bernard Longer over to the cabin actually this morning. He swung by and spent about 25 minutes with us, and we recorded that conversation. A bit of a roundtable discussion with all the guys that are staying here. Uh, Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg, Ryan Ballingee, Kyle Porter. Uh, Tron didn't make it, up, make it over in time. Uh, Adam Sarson, um, Brendan Porath. There's a lot of people around the table. So we got that recording. We got that coming up here shortly. Um, and then we headed over to the course today and chatted with Mackenzie Hughes, Michael Kim, uh, Blaine Barber, and Cameron Smith. And we have just kind of little 10-minute quick hitters with them. So we had those after the Bernhard Longer discussion. So enjoy that. We had a good time chatting with some of those guys, and uh, hopefully we'll have more content coming later in the week. Uh, turns out the blog cabin is not the most productive work environment, but uh, enjoy that. The, there's not much intro into some of these. They're kind of just kind of free-flowing conversations as guys were coming in and out of the room, so bear with us on, on the formalities on that. Uh, and otherwise, thanks for tuning in. Another pretty solid track that I've Pretty close to anyone the kind of courses they've had. Oh, they've had for that some tournament. great courses. Yeah, Cricket Club last week was maybe one of the best I've ever played. Don't know if you guys have heard of it or not. I played there last year. Have you really? Unbelievable! Isn't right? it great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome track. Get a chance, go. So when then, when you come out on the, on the main circuit now, are you on as hard of a grind as you as you are on the on the senior circuit still? Yeah, you know, you take the same approach yeah. every week. You, you go out. You have a certain whatever routine or certain things you want to get done before the tournament and work on your game, have a good look at the course, get an idea of what you need to do. And that's it. I mean, I don't quite put the hours in I put in when I was in my 20s, but it's still, uh, you know, there's certain things that need to be done to be prepared. How different is the grind from the PGA Tour to the Champions Tour? Because I feel like a lot of people assume guys can roll off the PGA Tour onto the Champions Tour and start winning immediately, but then are, then find out it's a lot more competitive than they originally yeah, thought. Yeah, there's, there's very few that win immediately. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, and, and many guys never win. Uh, people have no idea how competitive it is. But you take a guy like Ben Crenshaw, he's 
never won on the Champions Tour. You'd think as good a putter as he is, he would win. He would win sometime. Corey Pavin. I mean, I thought Corey would be one of the dominant players. He's won one time <laughs> in uh, in a bunch of years, and and there's you know a bunch of those guys. And then there's the opposite where somebody comes out, wins the very first tournament they play in, and they don't win for two or three years in a row uh, again. So it's everybody faces their own demons or their own issues. I don't know. <laughs> Do you feel like the formula for winning on the Champions Tour is similar to, to that on the PGA Tour? Because I know that a lot of us on the, on the PGA Tour, it's about it's about ball striking, it's about who's getting you know the most 12-footers. Is, is it similar on the Champions Tour or have you found there to be a different formula Oh, it is similar. You got to hit good shots and make putts. Yeah. But uh, it's um, in a in a sense the setup isn't quite as hard. Like yeah. the pins are four from the edge, not yeah. three. Which you think, well, that's not much difference. You know, most people think what's a yard, but a yard can be can be a green or something. Yeah, it just gives you a slightly bigger target. So you you got to be fairly aggressive right from the get-go and many of our tournaments are only three-rounders so you you know you can't go in there slowly and build up towards the weekend you gotta pretty much have three decent rounds yeah. to have any chance uh, so so those are the main differences plus I find on the uh, PGA Tour now it's a lot of it is distance you yeah. gotta be able to hit it far to have any chance um, so Except for a couple of courses, you know, like Hilton Head. And Do you think with like the how the games change and technology analogies change, like any players from like the, your era, like during like the PGA Tour and the European Tour, do you think there are any players that would be like significantly better players today than they were back then, or do you think the same type of player would? would still be, you know, the same great players would be great of your generation. Well, I think we were totally different. We, we had to be creative. We were playing a different golf ball that was moving along. We didn't have the distance. And, uh, you know, so we were shaping shots, many of us. Uh, it was, distance was important, but it wasn't the prime thing. Um, so we, we had to be, uh, you know, fairly good in everything. Nowadays, I think if you're, uh, if you can hit it far and putt well, you're pretty much going to win a couple of times a year. Uh, seems that way, and have a little bit of a wedge game. You know, that's what it seems like. A lot of these guys just hit it so far out there. And like, if I compare myself just this week, you know, I'm going to hit driver three iron or hybrid, and they're hitting driver eight iron or something like that. Um, it's a totally different ball game and I understand that's yeah. you know normal and, and that's and they all hit it far nowadays there's hardly anybody that doesn't um, and there's you know there's different ways to get it done you have a Zach Johnson or somebody like that that doesn't hit it quite as far but they, they still get it done uh, on certain courses but then there's other courses where he must be having a very hard time do you, he's, he's yeah, do you feel like the golf ball change has neutralized skill in some way like some of the guys that grow up now don't have to learn to hit the shots that you had to learn growing up do you think that that is kind of adds to the new kind of breed of player that we see that I think so yeah, yeah not, not just the golf ball but also the equipment the yeah. driver I mean the driver is so much more forgiving it's bigger it's lighter it, 
and you know, I mean, to hit it that straight and that far, you couldn't do that years ago. It's impossible. Is there anything you know about your game now that you wish you knew in the mid '80s when you were one of the world? Well, I think I've learned more about the, the golf swing, what works, what doesn't work, uh, and and the swing has evolved too. I mean, uh, you guys are way too young, but <laughs> you know, when when I was a teenager, it was the reverse C. You were driving the lower body as hard as you could. That's what I was taught for a couple of years or more than a couple, and and you finished in this reverse C position, which puts a lot of stress on the back. Now we're trying to cover the ball it basically and it's you know very different golf swing I think than 30 40 years ago um, and part of that again could could be the equipment so it's it's been an evolving thing for me but these young guys the, you know 20 year olds they never had to go through that they just learn the modern golf swing and go at it as hard as they can and then try and control it to some extent Relative to other players, do you feel like the technology boom has helped you compared to other players or hurt you a bit? Does it, does it minimize some of your advantages or does it maximize them? I think it's helped everybody. Yeah. You know, I've hit it further the last few years than probably I ever have in my life, too. Do you do, do so you don't believe the USGA distance reports that distance is, driving <laughs> distance isn't up? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That's what they claim. They said that compared they, to what? Compared to <laughs> 2003, that driving distance hasn't increased, but it doesn't add up to me. I didn't see as many 330-yard drives in right. 2003 than, as I do now. And, you know, part of that is also the athleticism of the players. I mean, you you uh, look around these guys now, they're all pretty much flat bellies, 90, 98% of them, and uh, they work out all every day. You know, everybody I run into, they um, come from the workout, I'm going to the workout, when I was young, nobody was working right. out pretty much. <laughs> no, was, oh yeah, I might go for a run or something, but that was about the extent. Now they don't weights and and they have nutritionists and you know workout specialists and this and that. Everybody has a team of five or six guys. Uh, we were just a one-man show uh, back then, so it's it's evolved, but but it's it's evolved in, in a good way for the most part, you know. Because golf, there wasn't much money in it 30, 40, 50 years ago. You look at the career money of Nicholas at Palmer, it's, it's literally a joke how well they've played and how little they've made. And uh, the guys nowadays, uh, there's so much more money in it. So we get more of the better athletes. They're not all going to football, they're not all going to baseball. They're now coming into golf, and the average golfer is now 6'2 or something like that. And looks like a real athlete and that's why you know they hit the ball a little bit further too you say it's evolved what in what ways do you think when you were coming up it was were there any ways in which it was better and if so what what are they well what's better is maybe that the the old golf courses we could still you know we didn't yeah uh, what do you say they're, they're too short now yeah. you know but so some of them have made adjustments by lengthening their tees and they're still good but some of them didn't have to land to do it yeah but there's uh, I mean when I came out on on tour I had to bring my own shack bag of golf balls 
<laughs> because the range balls we had, there were 60 compression yellow things. They weren't even round. You hit a seven iron, it went like that. And you go, that's not me, is it? Or, you know, so you better bring your own check bag. We didn't have courtesy cars. So we, I mean, it, it was difficult to just get to a place and then get go from one place to the next place. Uh, I wasn't old enough to drive, so I had to go with uh, a bus or a train with my golf bag and my suitcase and other things. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to relate, you know, when you say to these young guys here how good they have it, they have no idea. That's how Ricky travels, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he travels on the train, train and bus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and balls. Exactly. What, what is... What's what goals do you have going forward? Obviously, you've had a long storied career. What keeps you going at the rate that you're still going at? Well, I'm still competitive. I love the game. Obviously, love to compete, and uh, still feel I can get better. Even though that sounds crazy and it sounds, <laughs> sounds hard, but the last few years I felt I played really good golf, especially yeah, last three or four years, five years. Um, where the technique still gotten a little bit better, where I hit more fairways, more greens, and uh, my scoring average was really good. Uh, been able to win the money list eight out of nine times on the Champions Tour, which, and the one year I didn't win, I had some surgery I was out for several months. So that's it's pretty amazing the my last ten years really on the on the Champions Tour. Uh, will it keep going? I don't know. I mean, the the clock is ticking. I'm going to be 60 in August. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get a little shorter. The guys coming out in their 50s or those that are 49 now, they're still going to hit it fairly long. You know, we have guys out there that can hit it quite a ways past me. And so it's going to be hard to be dominant out there or, or be as good as I have been the last few years. But I'll, I'll try a few more years and see how it goes. Um, the goal is to still win tournaments, win majors. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, try and get better. If I can get a little better or maintain my status quo, I, I should still be competitive for a number of years. You uh, you said this week, you know, we often hear like this is one course that sometimes mitigates the distance advantage that not the big bomber sometimes can't hit driver. You talk about how you might have to drive a mid iron versus a mid driver eight iron. Right. <clears throat> Do you feel like there are venues, courses, events where like a Champions Tour player can still contend and compete. You know, we see it every now and then in Augusta where we know the stats bear out that distance is still a huge advantage. Do you feel like there are venues that... There is. You know, like I said, Hilton Head, I think, is one of them. Uh, Colonial, maybe. You know, there's, there's a couple of courses where it's more important to be straight and, and where you actually have to shape the ball uh, and, and be precise. But this course has changed dramatically. I uh, just played yesterday nine holes on Monday, and it's uh, they've lengthened it on a number of holes. I don't know if they didn't make a big deal about it. They talked about the new grass. and the <laughs> grass, but, uh, It's length is becoming a factor. I mean, there's a couple of fairways where I struggle to just get to the fairway, which is... You know, Augusta, that's not the case. Augusta is long, but I can always get to the fairway. But here there's a lot of dead ground. And it's, you know, sometimes whatever it is, 260, uh, something like that, just to get to the fairway. If that's into the wind, I'm going to struggle to, to make it. Um, so it's it's becoming a, a really tough test out there. 
Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the fairways are shaped. I'm yeah. sure you know about that. You know, they're angled. So you're teeing off this way, but it's angled this way or that way. So you either run through or you don't carry if you don't hit the proper shape, which makes them a lot tighter. And there's a lot of trouble out there, too. Um, Brendan mentioned Augusta. I'm just curious. You know, you've obviously won there twice. You played really well. I mean, you were in the second-to-last group, you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Is there, and I mean, we see Freddie plays well there pretty much whenever he plays. Um, is there anything about that? What, like, what is it about Augusta that, you know, players like yourself and, and Freddie and whoever else can, can compete there seemingly? Well, there's a lot of local knowledge about Augusta, yeah. and Freddie is still quite a bit longer than me, so he will compete there quite well for maybe a few more years because he's long enough, he's got enough carry, and he hits the ball high with, with a lot of spin. And that's what you need. You need Augusta, you need some length, and you need to stop your irons on a, on a dime, as we said, you know, yeah. short. The greens are large, but there's a lot of false fronts, false backs, whatever. You gotta hit small pockets. You gotta hit small areas like like this area in here. And if you miss that area with your seven or six iron or nine iron, whatever it is, then the ball wanders off, and you have a very difficult pitch, or you're in three putt range or something like that. Uh, and part of it, why some of the guys do so well over the years, is just knowing if the pin is here, you can't go there. You gotta be over there. You know, I can still get up and down hitting a horrible shot 40 yards over here, but if I miss it five yards there, I got nothing. And that's part of it, and also knowing the greens and how they break. Speaking of Augusta, I'm always curious, the, annually at the Champions Dinner, do you guys jockey for who sits where? Are you ever like trying to angle to sit next to somebody? How, how, does, how does the seating work? Are people There's no, no need for that. Nothing? No. There's a chair for everybody. Yeah. So, And you're not going to sit... With with bad people, yeah. You know, no matter where you where you sit, you're gonna have a a great seat, and it's a round table, even though it's a little longer than round. But we can everybody can see everybody. Uh, no, it's never been a problem. But there's, you know, we some some people sit in the same corner or in the same side or whatever this end of the table or that end of the table, and and often, you know, I often find myself next to Larry Myers and Zach Johnson and. And those kind of guys, and, and I look across the table, and I seem to find the same three or four or five guys there. So, it's just like we're we're humans. So, uh, what you say? We do the same thing. Yeah. Do you guys ever take podcasts at the championship? <laughs> <laughs> All of us. <laughs> yeah, is this a pretty similar scene for you? <laughs> I wonder, you've got uh, architecture takes. I can tell. He was talking about the architecture. Do you have a- I, I would love to hear what you think about uh, you know the t- new 12 hole and then uh, you know you talked a little bit about some of the other changes I know like 15 they added a lot of distance but love to hear a little bit more about like the new 12 and uh, what you think of it well I think it creates some excitement depending where they put the tee uh, if most guys will go for it or not and I think they've done a pretty good job with it the only thing I personally don't like is anything left off the edge of the green even though there's five yards of grass it's like this so if you're this much left of the green you're in the water pretty much so I wouldn't be surprised if they don't change that in the future but who knows you know they might love it so much that they keep it that way Um, 
But I think of, for a shot of that distance, which is probably around 300 or 320 yards, you know, if you hit it this close to perfect or well, this close to perfect, you ought to get some kind of reward and not be in the water. Mm -hmm. um, but well, we'll see what happens uh, this week. It will certainly create some excitement. You, there'll be guys going for it. There'll be guys laying up, and you know, some strategy involved. And some are confident of this, and some others are not. So it'll be fun to see. How are you going to play it? I, yesterday I was into the wind. I couldn't even carry the bunker. So you know, there's a there's a wasted. Well, it's a bunker actually, and it's uh, what was it two sixty seven to carry the bunker, the two sixty eight into the wind. I can't carry it. So why would I go for it? Why I can't, can't even reach the front edge, which is three hundred yards or some two ninety seven, I think. So no point, you know. I'd rather. So I just did a. What did I hit? I think I hit four iron and a full pitching wedge yesterday. Definitely up to a full pitching wedge. And well, thereabouts. What, whatever your favorite distance is, I might hit a two hybrid and so have a, a lob wedge in or sand wedge, um, depending on you know where the pin is, how much spin I need, and all that kind of stuff. Quite a long green too, and slopes right to left. Not an easy layup either. No, it's. It's not not easy. That's true because if you hit in that sand, it's a horrible shot from you know 80, 90 yards away. And if you hit it too far right, you're coming out of rough. The trees in the way, mm -hmm. and the green slopes towards the water. So you're right. Yeah. It's, uh, the back. I, I think that, you know that back right pin. If you have to lay up, is just really tough because you get no angle from that right side. You know. Very, very true. Yeah. Hope for left to right wind. So yeah. Downwind, downwind that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, downwind that go for it, right? That would help. Go oh, forward to. Yeah, yeah, and I think they can play it anywhere from like two seventy. Oh, yeah, they got like what four or five tee boxes. Yeah, I don't think they were planning for guys to already have set like a few guys this week are already saying yeah they can reach it or saying happen to lay up they that don't like the setup so I, I i don't think that's how they intended the hole to be you know tuesday people are saying we're not going to go for it but it'll be interesting to see what they do if they move the well, team there will always be some that are not yeah. going to go for it yeah. but, uh, you know a lot of guys will make birdie lane up or or make par uh and hopefully take bogey out of out of the equation so it just depends. With the like kind of boom in golf analytics, do you pay any attention to you know statistics and you know how would that have changed the way your you know kind of younger career was if you had had all the you know analytics and stats these guys have now? I don't know if it would have changed a great deal. Um, there's certainly some things that are a whole lot easier nowadays. You know, with with the equipment again. You know, nowadays you just crank the shaft a little bit and it comes out and you try another one or you tweak it here and the, and the club has more loft, less loft, more hook, more slice. I mean, we had to try 20 different driver heads, you know, persimmon head. You couldn't say, oh, I want to have a little more hook in this. It's impossible to, it takes another six months to make one. You know? so, and we didn't have the computer where you, you hit three balls and, oh, this spins too much or this doesn't spin, you know that doesn't carry enough we had to take it out compare one against the other and say well this is a little further this is a little shorter this we all did you know by looks you look at the fly and say yeah, this looks pretty good this might have a chance the other one 
no, that falls out of the sky or stuff like that. It's uh, it's a totally different world nowadays. Really is. Yeah. Is there anything about the stat measuring that changed the way you view your own game? Like in your head, did you say, "Oh, actually, I, I put it better than I thought I did," or "I'm not as good with my weight"? Yeah, that sometimes is the case. You know, I felt like statistically, I I don't look at it every day. I look at it every few weeks, a few months here and there, and. Uh, I see that I'm leading the putting or I'm top three in putting. I said to my caddy, I didn't putt that great lately, have I? I said, no, I didn't think so. But <laughs> 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 the stats say something else. So, you know, uh, but sometimes they, you know, they say, yeah, fairway hits, green hits, and or ups and downs, this and that. And it, it's over a long period of time, I think it gives you a good idea where you're at compared to other guys. You might still not think you've done your best, but you may still be up there, even though you you feel you can do a little better. Don't go running around when you're leading the field in putting. Don't go say, I'm not having a good putting week. That's not <laughs> no, going to make it to many friends. No, no, that's right. <laughs> Is it kind of a badge of honor to play on the PGA Tour and go back to PGA Tour champions? And like, Yeah, this is kind of the dispatch from going back to the Tour. For one no, it's, it's fun being out here every once in a while, just to you know see the guys. That I, that I still know yeah. uh, like you know a couple of chairman fellows Alex Jekka and Martin Keimer and, and uh, a few of the other guys that I run into at the Masters or you know and I watch golf on TV quite a bit so I I know some of the, the medium age guys it's just the very young ones I struggle with I can't put the faces with the you know with the name but it's, it's nice to be out here no laying up crew. This is it. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> Walked into a podcast where we didn't even. Finally, didn't, didn't, didn't that's finally it, man. Uh, we are welcoming in Mackenzie Hughes here on the podcast. We're here in. Uh, oops, sorry. Here in Ponte Vedra Beach. Uh, when did you get in this week? How you feeling? Have you been out to the course yet? I got in Monday around lunch, and I played the course full eighteen yesterday. Uh, it's an awesome track. Um, got a lot of guys talking about how many changes there are. Being a first-timer, there's no changes, really, for me. I, it looks the exact same as I remember it. Um, but, yeah, very excited to be here, and uh, going to be a fun week. Is that almost an advantage this year? Like, kind of having not seen it before, and you you don't have some predetermined notion of certain breaks, like yeah. what it used to do? Versus... Yeah, I think there's uh, there's probably two ways to look at it. You could say, you know, the guys that have played here a lot still have a ton of really good memories and um, I'm sure a lot of the breaks are still pretty similar in the spots to miss it but as far as like um, you know me not having any like think thinking like oh this this putt has like always been like right edge and you know it, but you know this year the greens are totally different so it could be left edge putt I don't know um, so I think that's you can go both ways with that but I, I'm going to use that as an advantage this week for sure. Do you get the sense that this event is really different than most PGA Tour events and it being, you know, obviously it's a flagship event, but amongst the players are guys a little extra amped for it, almost like they would be for a major? Yeah, and I think, you know, you look down the field list and you, you know, you realize how good a field it is. And um, I bet, I mean, I think it's the deepest field and I think a lot of guys here would agree the same same thing. And uh, so I think, um, you know, certainly um, it feels like a major. It feels like, you know, one of the biggest tournaments on the tour, and um, I haven't played them all yet, but certainly uh, has, a, has a much different feel than, uh, than the rest. So you win last fall. Um, what, what was your, I think a lot of people 
kind of get to know people once they get on the PGA Tour? What was what were the highlights of your path leading up to getting on the PGA Tour? So I played uh, two seasons uh, in Canada on the McKenzie Tour, and then um, which you know it's nice it's nice to own a tour. So they Canada. named it after you. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a good two seasons. Uh, yeah, it really went well. So they just signed there. Sponsorship agreement. Um, and then I played two years in the web.com as well but I think you know the highlights for me I mean I had a year where I was bumped off the web.com in 2014 and uh, I came back the next year played well in Canada and got back on the web and I mean I, I think you know a highlight for me obviously I, I won you know in Canada um, and won in, on the web.com but I think for me there was a point last season where I was uh, Monday qualifying uh, halfway through the year and um I turned that into a top five finish, and then from there it kind of snowballed, and then six weeks later I won. So I kind of went from being on the outside looking in to having a PGA Tour card, and that's something that you know is still so recent and so like fresh in my yeah, mind. Yeah. I mean, like being a Monday qualifier is like the worst feeling ever, yeah. especially on the web.com, because you go out there and shoot seven under, and you're like, well, I might have a chance, but probably not. And so it's just... Um, it's it's been a, a very fun last uh, 10, 11 months, and that's probably you know a moment that I could think of that you know people might not really think of, but that's uh, you know something that was really cool. How how difficult is it to go? So you, your whole career, you're moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, and all of a sudden you lose Web.com and go backward to yeah. to, to McKenzie Tour. How difficult yeah. is that? It's hard, for sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, my first three years as a pro, I mean, playing in Canada and playing the web like never really had job security uh, now I have job security yeah. uh, on the best tour in the world which is which is really cool and it's hard though because you know you get used to you know a certain level of treatment you know and then it's like <laughs> and it's as simple as like oh you get free breakfast and lunch and then you go back to Canada and it's like oh you get half off your meals and you're like oh. you have to cook it <laughs> here are raw eggs <laughs> do First you want. <laughs> um I uh, I'm in Charlotte right now, so okay. I've been there almost five years, and I didn't see myself being there for five years. But I, you know, once I moved there with my wife uh, out of school, um, it just kind of yeah, we just stayed there, and I've I've loved it ever since. Golden flashes, right? Golden Kent flashes, State. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we're Mac guys. We went to Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. big rivalry in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our proud, storied Miami University uh, <laughs> athletic program, but. Um, what's the, I mean, how big of a difference is, you know, you hear, you hear guys say like a shot here, a shot there, making all the difference in the world. Yeah. Do you have a, like a appreciation for a sense of, you know, as you said, falling off in 2014 to winning on the tour in 16, was there a huge transition in your game or is the margin of kind of how things can swing really that close? It, I mean, it's hard, you know, if I say it really is that close, it's hard to, you know, put that into words, but, um, you know, last year when I was Monday qualifying, um, you know, I didn't feel like my game was much different than it is right now. But it's, uh, I think once you get to a certain level, and I think, you know, once you get to a level where you're good enough to play on the web.com or, or even on the McKenzie Tour, um, I think 99% of the battle is just, you know, in between the ears and the, and the mental mental struggle. And just, I mean, you know, finding a way to believe in yourself, coming down the stretch, um, you know, just having uh, you know a bit of an edge to you, um, 
you know, it's a little bit of an FU attitude that you have to have, yeah. which, uh, as a Canadian, I'm not very good at, but I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, I'd probably say sorry more than uh, FU, but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think, to, to me, uh, you know, anyone on the McKenzie Tour or Web.com Tour, you know, given the right opportunity, um, and, you know, some confidence and momentum, I mean, they'd be out here in a heartbeat, right. and, uh, I proved that, so um, I think that that's cool for other guys to see too. Is like you know, I mean, a guy that was Monday qualifying last summer, you know, he's playing the Masters, playing the players, and you know, it's uh, it can happen that quick. Yeah. That that uh, so, so you wanted a playoff, big playoff? Yeah, five, five, six five guys. guys. Yeah. Monday morning, it's Monday morning. Yeah. 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 So what? So we were talking to Cameron Smith earlier, and you know about going back on a Monday morning out to the playoff. Did that help your nerves or? Um, I think. Well, I think being in a playoff certainly helps because once you get to that point, you're like, okay, it, it, you know, it's going to be a great week. You know, it's just how how good is this week going to be? Yeah. And but the hard part, you know, with a big big playoff like that is that you know, even if you outlast all the other guys in the playoff and go twenty holes in a playoff or something like that, I mean, if you lose to that one guy, I mean, you're still T two, right? Yeah. You're not getting a, a prize for going, you know, fifteen holes. You're just an idiot for you know yeah. lasting that long, but. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's, it's probably easier, but like, so my, my, my mentality was that like, I mean, a T2 wasn't going to be good. You know, a T2 with four guys wasn't what I wanted. You know, after leading the entire week, uh, you know, a second just wasn't going to do it. So, um, it was actually hard to sleep the Sunday night a little bit because I had missed like a 10 foot putt to win. And then it was pretty dark. Too, it was, right? yeah pitch black yeah. it, was, it wasn't just do you wish dark. you would have waited I the mean, next day that's a, such I, a hard I, decision I, I kind of do but you know if I'd made it it would have been the best, the best decision ever you right know? um so and everyone else was putting and I just yeah. I mean I, I couldn't have you been can't be that guy stop, you, you know, can't be that guy <laughs> like nah guys nah you wouldn't have slept over that 10 no and then anyways. I would have missed it in the morning <laughs> probably, so and then they'd be like wow this guy's a tool so it's um, <laughs> a pretty good place to win though to be able to you go back sorry yeah that does cover up most uh, most sins so um but no, it, it was it was hard. Uh, but coming back the next morning, I think the hardest part was that you know it was like a totally different climate. I mean, it went yeah. from like seventy five and sunny to like forty degrees. And, and on like, those Bermuda greens too. And yeah, totally I mean, it was just yeah. it was a hard a hard morning. But um, I think that kind of played in my hands a little bit. You know, being Canadian and uh, you know, I think everyone that uh, saw that playoff told me that I had the advantage because I was Canadian. But what's your and favorite? I, and that I love cold weather. And, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of Canada, what's your favorite? What's your favorite course in Canada? Favorite place to play? Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got a few. Like if I had to name like top five, it'd be like in no particular order. It'd be like the National Golf Club of Canada, uh, Hamilton Golf Country Club, Westmount. Um, let's see. Um, So there's three. There's my top three right there. So, what Canadian cliche do you hear the most? Mm. Like you like cold weather. You like that's that's hockey. that's gotta be number one. Well, yeah, hockey and cold weather. It's like, you know, like you get a day out here where it's like 45 in the morning. Oh, you must love this. It's, <laughs> like, no, we hate cold weather. Like nobody likes it. We just are born with it and we deal with it. No, and it's, it's like that. And like, you know. Hockey is obviously a big one, but I think the cold weather one and like you know just like the stereotypes of like you know I mean I remember in college some of the stories like people would be like you know how do you get your mail 
And I'm like, same way you do. From the <laughs> like, like it's the not, North Pole. But like it's not some Arctic frozen over tundra. Like you just cross that line and it's just like ice and snow. Yeah. And like I'm like, you live in Ohio, you sh- should know better. It's not very being, different. Come on. So Kent State, Ben Curtis went to Kent State. Right? Yeah. Wow. You have your relationship with him as far as yeah, I know Ben uh, pretty well. Um, he would come and practice a fair bit, and um, you know it's cool to see a guy like that with, you know. I would say, you know, a good amount of, you know, natural ability, but, like, he wasn't the guy that, like, you go, wow, this guy's on the PJ Tour and he's won a major. I, I can't do what he's doing, you know? Yeah. And he's, um, you know, a great example of just a guy that, you know, knows what he's doing. He's not, you know, trying to be somebody else. Like, you know, he's not, like, so he's not trying to play a power game. Right. I mean, he's probably laying up a lot, which, uh, you know, it doesn't sit well in this room, but <laughs> he's, he's, made a lot of, he's made a lot of money laying up and uh, hitting wedges close. Um, but, um, yeah, he's a, a cool guy to know and kind of, you know, pick his brain. Well, I know you got to run, yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah. thanks for popping in. Yeah, and uh, we'll do this again yeah. sometime. Yeah, I need, Cheers. I need, uh, I need a t-shirt. We need to get you some gear. Yeah, we'll yeah. send you some gear. Okay. You got it. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, next up we have Blaine Barber. <laughs> so are you guys filming for – or? Uh, Recording for a new one coming up or something. We're just, gonna, like, We're just doing little ten minute hitters. Sweet, How was dinner with Z last night? It's good. It was a lot of alcohol flowing in that in that meal. Not so. for Z. Not for Z. Not for Z. No, yeah. I was <laughs> laying on the couch in a completely flat position with my laptop at eight twenty five, and he's like, "You want to go to dinner?" And I was like, "I am in total veg mode right now." <laughs> you missed out. That's a good yeah. crowd. Yeah. Tron, uh, Tron's takes were, were were pretty spicy. For Periscope. Live periscope yeah, yeah. in. I love it. Um, so you have a little adventure getting over here, huh? Yeah, it was a nice little thirty-nine hour travel there. Um, yeah, <laughs> not that I was ca- not that I was counting. Yeah, but, holy cow! Uh, yeah, a guy, two seats in front of me on the plane, died over the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. No way. Yeah, so we had to turn around. Welcome to Periscope, by the way. But uh, we had to turn <laughs> yeah, around, go back to Shannon. Okay. Yeah, he's eighty-eight years old. What's that? Tron. Hey. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we had to turn around and go to yeah, Shannon nice. and unload and, yeah, got us got us out the next day. But, yeah, made it. We're here. So this is kind of the closest thing you got to a hometown event, right? This is it. Um, I grew up in Lake City, Florida, which is about an hour and a half from here, and it's the closest the tour comes to where I'm from. And um, there's, there's only one high school in my county, and so we would – a lot of our high school matches were in Jacksonville. So, that's, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Jacksonville, and it feels like as close to home as I'm going to get. Okay. So you play you play a bunch out here. I've played I mean not a ton, but I've played yeah. I played two junior players and then we had the stadium here in 09. Okay. So played here a few times. Pretty solid venue for the stadium. Yeah. They 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 hit some good tracks for the stadium in Florida. Um, a lot of good places. When you get like for a travel week, do you how do you get set up somewhere to stay? Do you usually arrange that somebody arrange that for you? A hotel guy or like a house guy? What do you do? I just do it all myself. You do? Um I I enjoy doing that. It's I I'm kind of type A, so I just like to like, I'll just go a month in advance and plan for, like, a month and then kind of just do that as the weeks go on as I know when I'll be playing and stuff. And so, like, I just booked this a month ago and asked Zach if he wants to stay with us, and we just rented a house over in Sawgrass Country Club. How difficult is it? Because I know for us traveling, it just as media, it's hard to, like, find a rhythm for the week. It's hard to it's hard to have consistent days. Is, that, is it the same way for you, or how does that work? A hundred percent. I think one of the underlying difficult things about what we do is I'm in my third year. I feel like I'm a good player, and I'm still just figuring it out. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, 
some weeks I feel like I don't work enough. Some weeks I feel like I overwork. I'm traveling with my family, so I have a lot of moving parts. We have a two-year-old and another one on the way. Um, so it's hard. I mean, it's, I've figured out a way to just kind of develop a game plan and try to stick with it. Um, but it's difficult. It's hard to find what that rhythm is. You know? And I think that's just part of the learning curve. It kind of takes three to five years maybe to figure out where you want to play, how you want to do it, when you want to get there, how you want to prepare. How have you set up your schedule or your, like your whole plan differently this year versus previous years? Just uh, I, I try to have more rest days. Like I'm trying to just take one day a week completely off. So if I make the cut, I'll just take off normally Monday the next week. Okay. Or if I miss a cut, I'll take Saturday or Sunday off. And then um, just I'm trying to play. You know, as you get more acclimated to the courses, I can play them less. So I'll just play. There's been a few weeks this, this year where I'll just play nine holes before the tournament starts, kind of get a feel for how the course is playing and just go play. So, you know, it's just – and it's different. We do, like I try to do – more of my work at home and then when I get to the event I'm more just getting into the rhythm of playing and so just think about that. Are you still based in Lake City? No, we live in Auburn, Alabama. Oh, you live in Auburn? Yeah, oh, okay. just right, cool. stayed there after I graduated. How is it, I mean, <laughs> traveling with a two-year-old, let's say like you have like yeah. an early morning tea time the next day and two-year-old's up in the middle of the night, are yeah. you like, that's affecting your sleep schedule and your preparation every week? Yeah, uh, well so... Thankfully, Emma is a great sleeper, and she okay. always has been. So it was only an issue for the first 10 to 12 weeks, um, as I'm sure Tron's figuring out because he... Freddie's a good sleeper. Good. It's, yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, but even if not, like, I know that that's just... Like, I'm not immune to the normalcy of life. Like, that's just how it works. Like, I just have to fight through fatigue some days, right. um, which is going to happen when our second comes in five or six weeks. But, you know, I you just do the best you can. I mean, there's... Uh, when we had Emma, we didn't really understand that and we like rented would rent one room and she'd stay in the room with us and so we've kind of figured out like with the next one we were having two rooms or a house yeah. and so I can at least get some sleep yeah that's what I was thinking but yeah you just kind of figure it out yeah. and roll with the punches cool what uh how have you said like so are you just going to play all the way up until until due date like, yeah how's that well work? it's probably going to be a c-section which helps in terms of planning but I'm going to play the week before and then I'll take the week of his birth off and the next week, so I'll skip. I'm not doing the US Open qualifying, and I'll skip the Travelers. Okay. Um, I just want two full weeks with him, so whenever that falls. And then I'll just play after that, and then, um, you know, they'll, they'll stay at home for a while. We, Emma traveled at two and a half weeks, um, but we're going to kind of get him acclimated more before we start doing them. you got to play the Barbasol, right? right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be their... Uh, you know, that'll be their first event back once I once they have forward. So, do yeah. you recommend him live tweeting the birth or no? <laughs> I got some, I got, did I, I got the stink eye from my uh, from my mother in law. She follows you on Twitter. You gotta be, gotta be careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was crazy. One it's of dangerous the, One of the doctors yes, yes. at the hospital like came in and popped in. He was like, "Dude, we're all rooting for you." Like, he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the hospital was following. It was crazy. That's so funny. <laughs> Great commentary. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So, in terms of, we were talking earlier about how the it seems like the PGA Tour has gone away from calling this the fifth major a little bit. Mm. But amongst the players, like how big of a deal is winning the Players Championship? It's huge. I think you can't understate the importance of it, uh, or you can't overstate the importance of it. I, it's, you know, it is our like is the players. It is our biggest event outside of the majors, and I mean the field is stronger than yeah. the majors. Uh, the golf course is very demanding. Um, the setup is great. 
it's it's extremely important. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but um, it, I've only played in the U.S. Open, so I don't have 20 majors to base this off of. But I mean, it feels just as big as a yeah, as a major. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I grew up coming here, you know, every year, so I, like it's always felt like a big event. And I think that they've done a good job of elevating it and making it really important. So yeah, and you get more of exem- you get a longer exemption if you win. I mean, it's yeah, it's a know, big deal. It is yeah. for sure. What's your uh, so you're obviously a tour sauce connoisseur. Oh, yeah. You're deep in the game. Yeah. What's your go to? <laughs> what's what's your go to tour sauce move? You know, honestly, like I watch old videos of Tiger, and there's there's an element of his kind of swag that like it just creates confidence. Like if you watch him play, yeah. I never and, until now, like I've never really watched it. And be like, man, he was like crazy with that. And so just flipping yeah, clubs all over. Unbelievable. So. I, I practice my club twirl at home, you know, because I hit a lot of quality shots that I just, like, my biggest regret after the fact is, like, I didn't, like, I had a chance to win the RSM. I told my caddy afterwards. I yeah, just, he was another member of the five-man playoff. Yeah, I, I, 18's a fairly tough hole. I was had a great round going. Just piped a drive that had, like, two feet of curve on it and then flushed a, set, a nine iron to, like, 12 feet. And we're walking down the fairway. I ran to a porta potty, come back, and I'm like, Corey, I did not club tour that shot. And it was, it was just a 10 out of 10 shot, and I just totally whiffed. So. That's what you're thinking about in yeah. that moment. Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. What's like the most ridiculous tour sauce movie you've either seen or done on a course? Oh, my. Max Homa had one to me that he, uh, the caddy, told him it was 87 my, my yards, team. and he went long. And he and uh, he didn't believe the yard, so he stepped it off himself. Oh my gosh! I I may have been playing with. I've seen that happen. You've seen it happen. That story sounds so familiar. I don't know if I was playing with Max or not, but that is that's epically towards us. Um, yeah, I I can't. I mean, it's hard to just pick one off the top of my head. And just, you know. Yeah, asking you to reach deep back in the archives. Yeah, for that one, but but I. You've seen I've it. seen that, and then the player caddy combo is pretty funny. There was also. somebody on the European tour last week that did like the the tiger and the reed at the same time. Oh, it was yeah. Alexander Levy. Yeah, he ran after it. Yeah, like just twirling <laughs> like as he's running. He was it's still following through and twirling. Yeah. I don't know how he did that. The second shot was phenomenal, but the drive may have been even better. Like I don't yeah. know if you saw the drive. Yeah. It was super recoil, like staring it down. It's awesome. Jamie Kennedy yeah. from European tour was like, "I've been warning you about this guy. <laughs> when he gets on camera, you're going to be seeing uh, some, some yeah. theatrics." So. That's funny. So, cool. All right, man. Thanks for popping yeah, in. Absolutely. Best of luck this week, and uh, we'll do it again Good sometime. Good see you. All right, we're here at the Players' Championship. Uh, myself, Tron's in the room, Kyle Porter, and we're welcoming in uh, Zurich, 2017 Zurich Classic Champion, Cameron Smith. Cameron, what's going on, man? Not a lot. Yeah, just been kind of chilling out the last uh, week or so uh, here in Jackson, taking it pretty easy. What, uh, what was the celebration like after the win? It was a bit of a weird one, actually, because we finished on a uh, Monday morning, so it was a bit of a weird vibe, and um, yeah, we didn't we didn't really do much, to be honest. It would have been different, I'm sure, if it was on the Sunday night. <laughs> what was, uh, did, did you have to jump out of town, like, immediately, or was, I, I imagine, like, with a team environment, that would have been awesome if you could have, like, done yeah. something together, but... Yeah, um... Yeah, Jonas was leaving that afternoon, um, and both of our caddies had to leave that afternoon as well. And then, yeah, I didn't get back until Tuesday. So yeah, we didn't really have anyone to celebrate with, which is so. Uh, you got plenty of people to celebrate with in New Orleans. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, so many things open up after a win. Schedule, just all, all these different things over the course of the next couple of years. What, what has been the one that you've thought about the most, or that has maybe affected you the most? That you're like, wow, that's awesome that that's that happens. Yeah, I think just the um, job security for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of stress off the shoulders, and yeah. you know, don't have to. You know, I was, we all worry about what we have to do next, and um, yeah, so that's definitely the biggest one that's come out of it. Yeah. Is, is how different I mean there's obviously a lot of pressure going on at the end when you come back on the Monday with a totally different atmosphere the crowd energy not nearly the same obviously was, yeah. did that help with the pressure did it make it any easier or yeah I don't think it helped um, I think yeah like I said it was just it was just a kind of weird weird vibe on the Monday morning um, you know there was maybe 50 or 100 people there um, whereas I'm sure the night before there would have been right yeah Heaps more. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a weird vibe, and, yeah, it, it definitely didn't help, I think. It was just a, yeah, it's just weird. Whenever you did your post-win interview on, on CBS, you, you, were, you, you couldn't even talk, you were overcome. <laughs> what, what, what do you think, what was that emotion? Like, where did that come from, uh, where Jonas kind of had to, like, talk for you, and just, have you, have you had time to, like, process through that? Yeah, I can't even... I can't even remember hitting my shot in and the part I've tried to like I've, I've had to watch the video to remember really? it yeah um, and Jonas has got a little bit more experience under his belt with uh, winning PGA Tour events it was my first one yeah something that I've been working towards for a long time and yeah just got the best of me I think yeah what uh, what are you most excited about this week playing just playing your home court I mean yeah, probably, this is essentially your home course, right? Yeah, probably just sleeping in my own bed, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, practice and play here with all the guys um, every week that we have off. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get out there. The course is in pure condition. It seems like guys really do get up for this event in a similar way they get to a major. I see a lot of guys here on Monday and like really here to grind. Do you get a sense out there from guys that this is kind of an event that does get circled on the calendar. We talk, you know, the, the fifth major thing gets overblown, and I think the tour's kind of moving away from promoting it as that. But yeah. do you get the sense that this event is different than other PGA Tour events? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, definitely different. Uh, everyone's here this week, all the top players. Um, yeah, like you said, everyone's here preparing early. Uh, I think Jason was here on Saturday, um, you know, which he rarely does, so... How has your schedule changed for the rest of the year? Have you had to really reevaluate re yeah. it, or? Yeah, I haven't really thought about it. Um, my goal at the start of the year was just to get enough um, money up to keep my card, and then I was just gonna go home to Australia. I love Australia. I love heading back there, seeing all my mates. Um, so now it's just giving me some time to go over there and chill out, which is nice. What's your favorite uh, course in Australia? Um, uh, probably Kingston Heath. I like Kingston Heath better than Royal Melbourne. Some people won't agree with me there, but um, yeah, definitely all those courses down in the sand belt there are awesome. Yeah. What do you have you have you gotten out and seen? Obviously, the changes that have been made out here. And what do you think of? Does the course play a lot differently than it has in the past out here? Um, I don't think it will. Um, you know, they uh, returfed all the greens, so I think you know just a new green thing. Uh, balls won't be spinning as much um, it'll be pretty hard and other than that they haven't really done much they've just you know grounded off a few slopes and obviously changed 12 hole which is a much better hole now 
It is. You, you do like the twelfth. Yeah. Okay. Because I've heard I've heard some mixed things so far. Just on, are you planning to go for it or plan to lay up with it? Obviously, it's going to depend yeah. on the pin position and the and the tee box. But what? Because like, it's. I've heard some guys say they're not going to go for it at all already. Is saying that? Yeah. So. I'll I'll be I'll be going for it. I think. Good for you. Right. Yeah. 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 Good answer. Good <laughs> right answer. On, in right this room. <laughs> yeah. No laying up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my first memory of you was uh, 15 U.S. Open. Uh, T four, T three, something like that. T four, yeah. Uh, Eagle to last. What What was your like? Obviously, a long path leading up to that U.S. Open, but that that felt like kind of your first like breakthrough on a national stage. Tell me about your path, like leading up to to getting to that U.S. Open. Um, yeah, I turned pro. I played. Uh, went to Asian Tour School. Got my card there. Um, played my way into the CIMB Classic. Uh, which I managed to finish fifth, I think, which was my first PGA Tour event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that uh, allowed me to get a few more sponsor spots over here. And um, Yeah, so I got seven more, I think, and then the US Open was kind of my last shot. I didn't have enough money to, to get my card, and then, yeah, finished fourth there, which, was, which got me over the line. It was a pretty cool feeling. Asian Tour School, what's that like? I mean, is it, it, it's... <laughs> Where is that? Uh, Asian Tour School, I think, is in Thailand. Yeah, so yeah, I played out there for a year. It was um, it was a cool experience. I learned a lot a lot about myself, and um, you know, it's it's just completely different over there. <laughs> I yeah, can imagine. Completely different. Yeah. What's the biggest difference? <laughs> <laughs> biggest <laughs> cultural <laughs> anything? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can say. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, probably just culture and, um, you know, how people are, we're just brought up completely different, yeah. But it's, you know, you've talked to Peter Ewan about, like, how much he loves travel. Do you, do you enjoy the travel, or are you, are you more like, hey, let's play every event in Jacksonville, so I can just <laughs> hang out here? No, I like traveling. Um, it's been something that I've been doing since I was, like, 14, 15 years old traveling around Australia and then uh, traveling around the world playing amateur stuff so I've always enjoyed it I'm used to it um, yeah and I yeah I wish that we could actually travel a little bit more in the US too do you have plans to, to play a pretty international schedule moving forward now that you've got your tour stuff kind of locked up now for the next couple of years like, will um, that free you I, up to do a little bit more internationally or yeah. I yeah I haven't really thought about it yeah. um, I think I'll I'll definitely be going home to Australia to play the events down there. Mm-hmm. I always love playing down there in front of the home crowd. So yeah, I'll definitely be doing that. How much does like official World Golf ranking factor into how you make out your schedule? Knowing like you know trying to get in that in that bracket of getting in all the events and whatnot. Do you think about is that something you think about like field strength or anything like that when you when you come up with a schedule? No, not really. Just go for yeah. Go for just, what you're vibing. Yeah. If, yeah, generally, if I if I like the course, I'll play, and if I don't, then I won't. So. That's the main deciding factor yeah, in the golf course. I think yeah. so, yeah. How often do you go back to Australia? Uh, well, the, I haven't been home this year. Um, I wanted to stay over here, like I said before, t- until I kept my card, just work on my game. Um, yeah, so I think I'll be going over pretty soon. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure exactly when, but be be going home for a couple of weeks, which will be nice. What's the biggest difference between playing golf here and playing golf in Australia? Um, I think probably just the condition of the course. Um, our 
courses at home tend to be really firm and really fast all the time, uh, whereas here we tend to play on, you know, slower fairways and um, but still fast and firm greens, I guess. But um, yeah, every time an Australian gets a firm and fast course over here, we always tend to go well. So. Yeah. And as far as your amateur career, so just any any favorite courses you've got from from playing, playing amateur golf, either over over in the British Isles or I got to my favorite course is probably Augusta. I played the Masters last year, so yeah. it's pretty tough to go past that one. Fair. So, all right. Well, thank we'll you wrap it at that. Yeah, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, and, no uh, you, get, you got a big, uh, lot of obligations today, a lot of media going on. Yeah. yeah so I appreciate you stopping in, and uh, best of no luck worries. this week. Thanks for having Cheers. me. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And last but not least, Michael Kim. Monday night, but uh, I actually, flight got canceled and I got in Monday morning. Uh, Sounds like his, his deal here. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, yeah. tough travel and get here. But uh, <laughs> yeah. where do you live full time? Uh, I live in Dallas, Dallas, Dallas okay. Texas, yeah. We're out of Dallas. Uh, University Park area right next to SMU. Yeah, I live in Richardson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right up 75. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Can you give us any update on Anthony Kim's whereabouts? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, a lot of... I get... Like, are you related to Anthony Kim? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Like, I get that a lot, actually. Um, but, you know, I, I have absolute zero connections with them, unfortunately. No I, I'm wondering it. myself, too, you know. That's the that's exact reaction we get from anyone. Yeah, I know. He's the, just you can't get a drop out of anybody. State secret or yeah. He's protected man. Thin air. He's he, is, he is a protected man. Um, yeah. No, I, I wish I wish I had the answer, answer Never, honestly. Where yeah. do you play most of your golf in Dallas? Uh, the two TPC courses, okay. um, Craig Ranch and uh, at the Four Seasons, where okay. they were, I guess... Uh, where they have the Byron uh, until this year. Yeah. So it's your first time playing the players, but had you played here prior? Have you played here in the past? Yeah. yeah. Um, the played the AJGA junior players. Um, actually, was looking at the leaderboard because I was curious who was playing, and you know, Spieth was there. I think JT uh, Thomas was yeah. there. Um, Ollie Schneiderjans was there. A lot, of, a lot of good players that you kind of. <laughs> still see that's got to be fun to look back at yeah those, those, it, it, it kind of is yeah. you know uh, we've been playing against each other for for a while now um so yeah it's awesome to see all your kind of high school friends yeah. um out here cool where'd you go to school uh, i went to uh cal berkeley okay see berkeley yeah. Yeah. Were you, was that with was hagey on was yeah uh-huh okay. so uh yeah so some of our listeners may not know like your whole your full background so yeah what did you, where did you grow up what, how right. did you, what was your path to, to getting to where you are today um yeah so i was actually born in korea um uh, moved over to the states when i was eight uh and uh, uh picked up golf when i was like eight and a half or so um uh, grew up in san diego california um and then um uh, played high school golf at torrey pines high school which actually um Jamie Lovemark went there, Pat Perez went there, uh, a lot of good players went there, and uh, then I went to uh, UC Berkeley, um, played with, my freshman year I played with, uh, my team was Max Homa, me, uh, Brandon Hagee, um, Weaver, Michael Weaver was redshirting that year, um, and then a guy named Pace Johnson. Pretty decent squad. That's yeah. good. Team. That's all good team. all no ain't up yet. All no ain't up yet. We love Max. Piggy's <laughs> yeah. our dude. <laughs> and then uh, sophomore year, um, we actually had three first team All Americans and two second team All Americans. Wow. They're top five, I'm pretty sure. It was uh, me, Max, Weaver, 
Hagee and a guy named Joel Stalter who's actually playing on the European tour right now. Um, so I think we won like 10 out of 13. I hope so. Like I hope so. Like yeah. You won the Haskins yeah. Award. Yeah, I ended up winning the Haskins Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played Walker Cup with, uh, with uh, Bobby Wyatt, Justin Thomas, Patrick Rogers, Max Homa. Where was the, um, the uh, Walker Cup that year? National Golf Links. I heard amazing things. How much fun is Walker Cup? It, uh, it it's, seems it's, like it, it's the best. It's such a blast. Yeah. Um, it's uh, who are the mid ends? Uh, Nathan Smith and Todd White. Okay. Um, Nathan and Todd, they're great. Nathan just he's he's an awesome human being. He's a legend. Uh, he's he's a legend. <laughs> uh, uh, some of the guys joke that you know he's going to be captain one day. Uh, we want to get our amateur amateur status back just for like <laughs> just for that. We, just, just, <laughs> just to play, play with when he's uh, the captain. That's how much we love the guy. That's so good. Uh, 20, 2013 U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was at Marion. Uh, cool experience. Um, you know, was kind of in there on um, on the leaderboard on Saturday and Sunday for a little bit. So uh, it's an awesome awesome experience. So, yeah. So you see, so you, you finished T seventeen. Was there any point? I mean, were you were you out there? And this sounds like kind of a strange question. Were you out there believing that you could win it, or were you just trying to? Um, yeah, you know, honestly, to be honest, you know, going into the week, you're just like, all right, let's just get to the weekend, yeah, see how it goes. Um, and I made it to the weekend relatively comfortably. I remember, and I played really well on Saturday. And on after the fifteenth hole, I was within two shots of the lead. Um, then just crumbled like, like a lawn chair, really. <laughs> on the last three holes, last three holes. Is the pressure different? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the pressure. Honestly, the pressure wasn't that yeah. bad. The the the, the, three, finishing the three yeah, holes yeah, are yeah, just impossible yeah. there. Um, and Who were you paired with on Saturday? There? Saturday, I played with uh, Jeff Ogilvy and Bo Van Pelt. And then on Sunday, I, I played with Ricky. Um, that was playing with Ricky crazy. as an amateur. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that's that was crazy. Fun. Um, you hear, I mean, you hear so many Ricky, Ricky. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I was here like ringing just of Ricky the entire day, uh, which was fun. Um, yeah, just had a blast. What do you, what do you miss most about uh, amateur golf? Amateur golf. Um. Maybe some of like the people I've met, yeah. um, you know, host families. Um, we play some really nice courses. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite was the Northeast Am at Wanamoisa Country Club. Played Wanamoisa last year. It's that unbelievable. So cool. It's a par sixty nine. Nice. You don't see a par five until the seventeenth hole. Wow. Gnarly greens. <laughs> yeah, gnarly greens. Uh, it's fun. Um, the Sunny Hannah is a good one. Um, let me see. The Western. Western. I mean, I, I never did guy. well in the Western really? for some reason. Uh, All right, going back to the Walker Cup. Uh-huh. Did you guys play Shinny that week too? Did you like sneak well, over Shinny? Or? So, so we were invited. I think the Walker Cup starts on Friday, and we got in you know pretty early. Um, get to New York, hang out at the city for a couple of days, get to National on like Monday or something. We play National Monday. And the captain goes, you know, Shinnecock's invited us to play on Tuesday, and which was kind of funny. And then he leaves, like, a side note saying, like, you know, when I played the Walker Cup, uh, the captain, when I played the Walker Cup, it was at Cyprus. 
uh, no, it was at Pebble, sorry, it was at Pebble, and Cyprus um, invited us to play, but I didn't play Cyprus because I wanted to stay focused on Pebble. <laughs> and so, we're like, okay, and we're like, where are you going? Yeah, two things, like, you know, if, if you don't want to play Shinnecock and just want to stay focused at National, you know, you're more than welcome to do that. It's crickets you know everyone's like no we want to no. play shit again like, uh, but unfortunately and we want to uh, play Nate's son and Fisher yeah yeah <laughs> and Friars yeah um, unfortunately Tuesday just dumped rain uh, like three four inches of rain that that day and it got cancelled out but supposedly we have a rain check there <laughs> wherever you want I haven't been able to I don't think you'd have too much, much trouble getting out there uh, I, I, love, I mean I'd love to I think uh, the US Open is coming up too in a couple years yeah, I think the too green, they, so they just redid the greens uh, Corey Crenshaw went up there yeah. pictures look nice just absolutely awesome the entire area is just unbelievable yeah. So so, who was on the who was on the Euro squad or the British squad? Um, the notable ones was Matthew Fitzpatrick was on there. Uh, Nathan Kimsey, I think. Um, Fitzpatrick was the you know the, the headliner. Um, he had just won the USAM. Um, I should remember more, honestly, but. But I just remember the American side a little more. Star-studded, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, so on this week at the players, have you have you been out to been out play, played the new twelfth yet? What have you thought thought of that? Yeah, um, you know, I, I thought I didn't remember a lot of the golf course um, before I came on site and played it. But I actually, you know, once I was playing, I kind of remember a lot of the holes and. 12 was kind of one of the unique holes out here, and I remember I had a hard time with it, actually. Um, it's super different. Um, that left side, I remember, used to be so high, they just completely bulldozed the entire thing. Um, but, you know, the green is... It looks kind of sneaky flat, but it's actually, like, really shaved off on the left side. Um, Honestly, I think I'm just going to lay up all four days regardless. Um, You're uh, in the wrong place to say oh, that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think even DJ was like, you know, I think I know. I'm just going to hit four. Six, one of the, like, the best driver in the world. Uh, it, sounds like, like, it sounds like the PGA Tour created a situation in which everyone's going to lay up. That's, that's yeah, not, that's that's the not good. It's not yeah. good. Not good. Um, not staying on brand. You know, that I was just kind of, I mean, one of the other than obviously hitting it on the green, the ideal side, would, the ideal miss would be on the right side there. And I was just chipping to like a few of the left pins, and you could chip it in the water so yeah, that's easy. what everyone's saying. Yeah. That slope um, there, so just easy, and the and the entire green is kind of slope right to left. So you hit a wet shot, just kind of in the middle of the green, just feeds to the hole. So um, for the most part, I think. I think I think you'll see a decent yeah. amount of guys lay up at least the sounds first few like days. Yeah. Was it all right? So, uh, you had a really good fall series, right? You finished. I did out of a yeah a good fall series, yeah. And did that give you kind of a semblance of confidence heading into the season? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, last year kind of barely squeaked by to get my card and you know to start off with a good start and you know kind of settle me down for the rest of the year yeah um is the vibe totally different in that fall series i mean are you is it uh, just a totally um, different rhythm yes than, and no um uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes and no um it's uh you know it still feels like a, obviously a regular season tournament um and um 
two years ago was the worst because I just came off the web.com season. It's just the season just so long. So long. It's so just, much you're golf. just ready to get yeah. you're just ready to get through the five. Yeah. Um, but this year, you know, I was able to prepare a little bit more for it. So um, yeah, I felt felt they're good tournaments. I like, cool. I like those. Yeah. Well, Blaine's here kicking you out, so we got to move here, on. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, the time. Oh, thank you. Good yeah. luck this week. Thank you. I'm a big right. fan. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!